If it looks like I'm sleeping up here in my chair, I probably am. I was gone all week uh, and got back late, uh, I guess early this morning. Uh, so I'm working on about three hours of sleep. So, um, so if it looks like I'm asleep, I probably am. So I was talking to it with a doctor and I was explaining how ancient philosophy distinguishes between knowledge or intelligence about how to do something well um, and virtue. That you could be you know, very knowledgeable as lots of doctors are um, and be very intelligent but not very virtuous. You know, maybe you lie, uh, cheat, maybe you know, um, you are very nice to people. But it could be the other way around too that, and we've seen that, that some of the saints uh, in the church that the church has recognized, um, you know, didn't have much of an education. And yet, uh, they were very virtuous. They loved God very well. They loved those around them. Now, in the first reading, God asks us to seek Him, to seek uh, justice and humility. He says we should pursue justice, but even more so, humility. And so that is the question, are we humble? Do we put others ahead of ourselves? Then in the, then the reading starts talking about the remnant. And if you read the Old Testament, you realize that there is this cycle that God loves people. Um, they respond to Him, at least for a little while. And then they kind of grow lukewarm. And then they, maybe they start to rebel. And then things get bad, and so God calls them back. And because things are bad, they respond. But then the cycle starts again. Now when they do rebel, not everyone rebels, uh, sometimes it's almost everyone, but there's always a small group that remains faithful to God. And this is what we call the remnant. The second part of the first reading describes someone from the remnant. Again the word humble appears. People of the remnant um, take refuge in the Lord. It says they do no wrong, that they speak no lies, that they are not deceitful. Again, people of the remnant are people of virtue. In the second reading, St. Paul reminds the early Christians that most of them were not held in high esteem uh, before they became Christians, at least not by, the, by world standards. They were greatly wise, they were not powerful, they were not of noble birth. And so St. Paul goes on to say that God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise. That God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly and despised of the world to reduce to nothing those who were something. St. Paul says the reason God does this is that so no man can boast before God. The response to the psalm, the refrain was taken from the gospel, Blessed are the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. This is the first of the Beatitudes. Uh, there are eight more. Now, I like to think, I think I've mentioned this before, I like to think of the Ten Commandments as kind of like the law. Like, this is the bare minimum we should do to be a decent human being. But as uh, Christopher once remarked, um, 
Hopefully you don't need the Ten Commandments not to kill your wife. That you that you should never cross your mind that you would love her, that you would you know want good things for her, that you know that you don't need a commandment or a law not to kill your wife. I mean, it is a law. You can't murder people. That is um, a crime. Um, it's also a sin uh, to kill someone. And so the Ten Commandments are kind of this bare minimum. But, you know, um, sometimes I suppose we maybe do that in school, hopefully not too often, uh, strive for the bare minimum. You know, can I just get a D and pass this class? You know, hopefully you strive for a lot more, right? So we can think of maybe the Ten Commandments as what not to do, you know, kind of bare minimum. But the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes are what to do. How do I strive for not just, you know, um, not doing wrong, but how do I strive for greatness? How do I strive um, for virtue? This is what to do. And even Jesus says, um, you know, it, the, uh, Matthew says he sat down to teach them. That he began to teach them saying. Now, I would never, you know, brag about being, you know, super good at sports, um, but uh, they, I have been asked to teach, you know, maybe a tennis lesson or a golf lesson once or twice. And as, you know, um, people remark at all levels of sports, you know, some people are very teachable. You say something to them and they're able to pick it up and do it right away. Um, but some people are not teachable, sometimes by attitude and sometimes just by their athletic ability that they're not able to do what you're asking them to do. But what about spiritually? What about us? Are we teachable? Are we able to listen to God, um, you know, through the scriptures? Are we able to listen to God uh, through those around us? Are we able to listen to God through our own experiences? Do we have kind of that ear um, to try and listen or are we stubborn? Are we just saying, no, I'm going to do it my way no matter what? No, um, I don't care if there's, you know, a better way to do it. I'm just going to do it this way anyways. Again, Jesus said, or uh, St. Matthew says to Jesus that he sat, began to teach them, saying, Again, are we teachable? Are we moldable? Or are we stubborn? Again, you know, this applies to sports, but does it applies to everyone in our, uh, in our hearts. Are we striving for virtue? Are we striving to change? Are we striving to become better? To become more holy? To become more virtuous? To become more humble? Now the key to growing a holiness is humility. And it talks about it in the first and second reading, but it talks about um, in the gospel, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. But I would argue that all of the Beatitudes involve humility in some way. 
And so the first step in growing to holiness, the first step growing closer to God, is to be humble. To realize that the God is God and we are not. Are we able to lay aside our own, maybe thoughts, maybe even desires, and ask the Lord, what is it that you want from me? How is it that I can change for the better? How can I not just do the bare minimum that the Ten Commandments kind of outlines, but how do I strive for holiness, for greatness that the Beatitudes lay out for us? As Jesus says other words, other places, the greatest thing to do is to lay down our lives for someone else. That's kind of what the last two are about, right? Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How often do we do the right thing just for the sake of it being the right thing? You know, if there's no reward, if no one is around, you know, if no one will ever notice, do we do, still do the right thing just because it is the right thing? And blessed are you when they sought to persecute you, not of every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. How often do we stand up for our faith? How often do we stand up for Jesus Christ? Or do we allow the fear, do we allow um, the fear of standing out, of being different, of maybe even being ridiculed, for our love of Jesus prevent us from saying anything for standing out the Lord is good and he wants what is best for us he gave us the Ten Commandments as kind of maybe a backstop of what not to do but he also gave us a beatitude so we know what to strive for May we be humble enough to allow the Lord to change our hearts. May we be teachable. May we be teachable in the ways of the Beatitudes, in the ways of holiness. So that we uh, can be the children of God that God created us to be.